Welcome back to the Philby and Bendy show. Ooh, Bendy Philby show. Uh, I'm Philby. Philby makes a power play. <laughs> That's Bees, and I'm Bendy, and I'd like to welcome you back. Bees and I saw World War Z last night. Bendy had seen it previously. I failed to read the book, but these two did. And my question to them, with probably spoilers that are going to be included, what? Did you think the, the you know what did you think between the book and the movie? Which did you prefer and why? Bees go. I certainly prefer the book. I would say beyond a few things in the movie, it's really just taking the title and maybe the idea of a global perspective on it. I would. It's not exactly an adaptation as maybe just. Uh, I don't a think companion that, piece maybe. I don't think that makes one better than the other though. I think. Oh both, no no. I mean, World War Z was such a pleasant surprise. I mean, I had read the good reviews, but... I mean, how good could they honestly make a PG-13 zombie movie? And the answer is really good. And it was... I thought it was much better than... um, I Am Legend? It was much better than I Am Legend uh, in terms of from beginning to end. Kind of like last person standing with these zombies. Mm -hmm. I wasn't so much saying that that's why I like the book better. I just like the book better because it's kind of a scattershot of characters... Um, it's a whole new approach to the zombie story. And the movie is, is it, fine. Is it a new approach to the zombie movie? The book is. Oh, the, the book, book is, is. Correct. But the movie eh. wasn't that... To me, the movie was 28 weeks later, Times I Am Legend, equaled World War Z. But, yes. again, but it, wasn't, it wasn't anything mind-blowing, but it was very well done for what it did. Like the, the Israel, or not the Israel, the Jerusalem mm-hmm. scene was mind-blowing. And I would say it does do one thing very different. I was saying this earlier. Most zombie movies are small. They are a small group of survivors in a small place. Even 28 days slash weeks uh, later, it is all in England, and that's kind of the whole point, is it's an island, and it's a small island, and they don't know if it's localized there or worldwide. The movie and the book World War Z take on a global perspective, which hasn't been done. It's always something I wonder about, like what's happening in Russia while... Rick and his gang of you know, friends are in the American South. But how could you adapt that into a movie, though? I mean, it'd have to be like a mini-series or something. I, I don't mean, think you could fit that into two hours. World War Z, the book. Right. They did it literally word for word. Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, but he did. But I'm saying he did like go around to different countries. Like He traveled quite a bit. So yeah, I will have to say it. I like that they incorporated the, the different elements into it. And they, you know, they just had different... Kind of different little inserts from the book. It was very, very loose adaption, just in name only. But the things they did adapt were some cool little uh, shout-outs to the book. Uh, just my opinion of the movie in general, since I haven't, I don't have the ability to compare it to the book. I'm starting to get tired of zombies, personally. What? Um, this whole podcast started so you could talk about you and I could talk about The Walking Dead. I understand, but. You're talking to a man who grew up as a kid looking forward to Romero's and the separation three years between, and now that I'm getting a weekly dose of zombies for Walking Dead, I love Walking Dead and what they've done, but I saw a lot of the correlation, a lot of the same themes in in World War Z as I did in Walking Dead. WHO replaced that with the CDC, and you've got... Walking Dead on the big screen, or you replace the CDC with the WHO, and you've got World War Z on the small screen. I now, these brought up an interesting point, though. Would you have preferred to see the gore, or not? Do you think it was fine that it was toned down? I mean, you could definitely see parts... You definitely could see that they shot it to be rated R, 
or at least had some intention. There were scenes where, again, spoilers, where he cuts the girl soldier's hand off. They pan up the camera. Towards the end when he has his pick in the zombie's head, and it takes him like five minutes to pull it out. Just different parts. That you could see where they very one much One soldier down. had just gotten bitten, and he walks away and blows his head. Right, Brain. exactly. I mean, that stuff you would have seen on the walk. That stuff you would have seen no problem on The Walking Dead, which is ironic because that's a show that anyone can watch on TV. Right, and that's what I'm thinking is like, were they trying to broaden their audience by making it a PG-13? Oh, definitely. Yeah, I mean that's the point. But I mean, you could definitely see that they shot it for it. But would you have preferred it if they had showed those? Would it have brought anything more to the movie? No. It didn't bug me too much, but I do tend to like my horror movies to be bloody messes, which is why I really enjoyed the new Evil Dead, just because it was, wow, it was it was hard to watch at times. I do actually agree with you though. I think we could all stand, except for The Walking Dead, stand to take a step back from zombies. Let's and vampires and werewolves too. Let's let's put those aside. Let's have more movies about I don't know mummies. The, the thing from the Black Lagoon. Yeah, superhero sequels. Superhero sequels, Avengers two. Phil, well, Philby, do you agree? Like, I mean, are are you exempting Walking Dead from your "I'm tired of zombies"? Right? Well, no, but they're doing zombies so well, and they're playing a lot on the Romero model. I mean, but they are doing zombies well, but it's just gratuitous violence, which is what gets them the ratings. But third season, so you gratuitous say violence. you say no story. They do what. What I'm saying is we're getting a heavy, heavy dose. Mm-hmm. And everybody's trying to capitalize on the zombie fiendishness right now. Of just how people are, you know... I've seen more zombies at Halloween now than ever whenever I was a zombie for Halloween. I mean, are, you, just, are you a hipster zombie? I am a way <laughs> hipster. The only person I know who is more hipster zombie than I am is definitely Susan Roth, whose father was an extra or a producer on one of Romero's, I believe... The original Dawn of the Dead, mm. uh, or Land of the Dead. I forget which one he was in, but that's the only other person I know. Land Before Time. Land Before Time 7. Um, I mean, I, you know, I'm used to Romero's and just the older stuff. And ever since the Rage Virus hit in 28 Days Later, which is an infection movie more than a zombie movie. But you love 28 Days Later. I love right? 28 Days Later. That's my favorite. Once they movie. hit, they all started, they could all start running, and then. Now we're at World War Z, where their running isn't that particular. I don't know. Bees, you're shaking your head. What's your favorite zombie movie? I just, I'd have to think about it. Um, we'll put you on the spot. Yeah, I know. Makes well, sense. a few, if you have a few in mind. I know. Makes it difficult. Well, Philby, go ahead. Dawn of the Dead, original, uh, by Romero, where they're in the Monroeville Mall. Uh, pretty damn classic movie. What was the first Romero movie? Um, Night, Night of the Living, Living Dead. Dead. Yeah. And Black and White, on low budget. I'm gonna that be awesome. I'm gonna be that guy and say Shaun of the Dead is my favorite zombie <laughs> movie. Um, That's a fair answer. I would say about The Walking Dead, the appeal of that show is more. It's about Rick and his kind of how he changes from before and after. It's the characters of that show, and they know maybe third season it doesn't quite apply, but people complain that there aren't zombies in it a lot. But when there are, they are. It's crazy. And they, it, that almost makes it more scary because it, it's always very unexpected. It, they, they lull you into a feeling of security before they finally bring the zombies in. Can we just agree that the premise, though, is completely ripped off of 28 Days Later? Which waking one? up in a coma. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, that But, I mean, that's the only yeah. good way to do it, really, if you're going to be after the zombie apocalypse has already ravaged mm-hmm. the Earth. Yeah. To wake up like that. 
there were biological things that kind of drove me crazy. I mean, in World War Z, in World War Z it well, was such uh, infected with bacteria like that. Ah, that's crazy. I mean, it's just also just in a biological sense. Those that there are. The predator that catches the prey the best is the predator that survives. The multi- the way that virus was spreading so quickly, there is good odds, there are good odds that one of those virus strains would have the ability to detect, back, you know, be able to invade the bacteria that he infected. So you find it plausible that dead people can walk and kill people and suddenly become athletic, but the fact that they become a zombie at 12 seconds is the part that bothers you. No, 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 not that infection. The infection that he, that Brad Pitt infected himself with the, uh, this is a major spoiler, Brad Pitt infected himself with the bacteria at the end. That bacteria infections don't occur like that, and that I think no, they had a time lapse though. It cut like it was a few hours. He, he sat in there. Sure, all right, benefit of the doubt. But then viruses, just we have a hard time predicting what flu virus will be the most predominant. That there are so many strains of different viruses that one of the strains would be able to detect, would be able to surmount the infected, an infected host. And would be able to detect him or would want to infect him. I mean, it's just biology in that sense. Here's an interesting segue. Have you read about the alternate ending for World War Z that was originally filmed? No. Uh, I can describe it a little bit. Um, So, if you read, they had to go back and reshoot about half the movie when people thought it was still going to be a failure. And the reason why is because the original screenplay had it where Brad Pitt, um, I think... Everything from the plane crash on was reshot. Bees, you can summarize it better than I can. Go ahead. So um, it's right at the plane crash, but the plane crash is in a different location. In Russia, I think, and he basically joins up with the this. Well, he gets like drafted into it right. without no choice. Like a cleaning crew, just they they kill zombies. That is their job. They have the lobos from the book, which are short for lobotomizers. It's like a shovel and an axe combined. Uh, and there's like a big battle in Budapest. I think that's what I read. And it basically ends, and meanwhile, his wife is in a camp in Florida, and she kind of um, sells herself to Matthew Fox's character, who's in the movie. He's for, in it briefly for yeah. two seconds as a helicopter pilot, and that's why they wouldn't cast anyone, just... That's weird. Yeah, and so she sells herself for protection to him, and basically, I think the movie ends with Brad Pitt getting back to America and having to go find his Nova wife. Nova Scotia. They well, I think it's it. different in the... Alternate is what I'm saying. The first time they had filmed. Right, and they said it was very, very bleak. Uh, From when he got off the plane, the plane lands. They kill every old person and child and just Mm -hmm. draft all the men into the army and go right to fighting them. So there's no magic cure or anything. They just end up fighting the zombies back. Oh. And then he rushes across the U.S. to find his wife at the end, too. They said it was was too bleak to to show up. But it was such... The same, but the the uh, I Am Legend was practically the same ending, with the zombie. He lets that girl and that boy go. Will Smith lets that boy and that girl go, and then he sits there and pulls the pin of the grenade against the glass. Whenever that zombie starts beating its head, the vampire, I guess, vampire zombie starts beating it. You know, combination of Twilight and World War Z, starts hitting his head against that glass and blows up everybody. I mean, it's the same... Well, I mean, I don't really like the CG zombies in that movie, though. No, but, that's horrible. I mean, because they said they had they were filming it with real people yeah. and a mix of computers, 
but it was actually too scary because they're pairing it down to PG-13. Which, can you imagine how awesome that movie would be if they had real people as zombies? I mean, it would be terrifying. You should never say your horror movie is too scary. Yeah, yeah. and I mean, the first half of that movie is really, really good, too. Mm-hmm. Just the parts where his routine of going into the city and coming back. And I think with that, they should... his own corn in right. New York. That's awesome. Right, there's so much good that is the first half of that movie and just squandered by the end. And that's another movie that had another, also a famous reshoot. Um, if you you can find the alternate ending online, or if you have the DVD for some unholy reason. I have the DVD. Um, I'm kidding. You have a lot of DVDs, though. I do. Um, but yeah, that that also had another in, uh, ending. I don't know if it's better than the one they went with, but it's at least a little more interesting. And Will Smith. We know you listen to the podcast. We are sorry we offended you. We are sorry that no one saw After Earth. <laughs> Real quick, uh, Philby hasn't seen these two movies, so we don't want to get into too much spoiler territory, and we don't want to delve into it too much on this conversation, but want to put a plug in for Man of Steel, which I generally enjoyed, and for This is the End. Uh, but first, uh, I'll get into it a tiny bit. Bees, what were your thoughts on Man of Steel, just overall? Still working them out. Uh, some really good stuff in there. I love Henry Cavill as Superman. He did I agree. a great job. I agree. It has a lot of issues for me. Most, and I'll state, you know, I won't get into the whole what it means for Superman as a character because that'll take forever. Um, I will say, just from a purely objective standpoint, there are so many speeches in that movie. But I mean, there's so much good done in that. I mean, at least to reignite it and I think the real test will be the sequel that they're already starting to produce. Because, I mean, they, they set it up well enough that they didn't, you know, it's not like the the Superman Returns where they kind of, it's kind of just died, the enthusiasm. But the thing I liked the best was the very beginning where they show Krypton, mm-hmm. the fall of Krypton. I thought that was really well done. Most of the action was pretty well done. There was almost too much action. Yeah. I would say... I'll yes. never complain about that, but... Yeah. I would say a sequel could fix a lot of my issues with the movie as far as, like, Superman as a character goes. Um, But part of me is bugged by that because you shouldn't need a sequel to fix your movie. Your movie should just be good already. No, but I mean, with these movies where they set up the superhero... I mean, in Superman Returns, I I don't even know... No one even saw that movie, but he just... He's already established. He's already set up. I kind of... I'd rather... Well, no, I don't... But I mean, this is is good, though. They wanted to reboot it like everything else, Mm -hmm. but what I also really enjoyed was the fact that they don't, it does not a linear movie it's just small little flashbacks as he's already Superman or become like about to become Superman mm-hmm. and those flashbacks are really good and for the most part I enjoyed the movie I'm, I'm still working out I mean the major gripes I have, I, I don't want to get into spoiler territory yeah. and that that's what we'll be getting there, but um, Agreed. overall I'm, I'm looking forward to the sequel I think the casting for the most part was well the score to it was really great yeah, um, this is the end Loved it. I liked. I I think for me it was overhyped because I saw it a couple weeks after it came out. If I had seen it without any of the previews or without anyone talking it up, I think I would have enjoyed it more. I think a lot of the jokes are spoiled in the trailers. Yeah, although my favorite scenes were with Jonah Hill. Um, I guess I can't say some of them because it's spoiler. But like when they first had the gun and he's goofing around with it. That yeah, that and uh, the part towards the end of the movie uh, where he plays a prominent role. I thought that was very funny. Yeah. They didn't go too overboard with the cameos. I like how they got them all out of the way at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And it, it's a movie that sets up its stakes very well and sets its rules up very quickly. And also, it's not afraid to get crazier and crazier as it goes. I mean, a lot of it, yeah, they're in the house. 
but then things like it really follows through on its premise. Have you entirely. heard of the planned sequel they might want to do to it? Or the se- but the sequel is really funny. It's that the movie is actually a movie that they had filmed already. So they're at the premiere of This Is the End when the actual apocalypse <laughs> hits. That does sound funny, although it also sounds a lot like Human Centipede 2 and I think Great. I just Towns think it would be too. over a lot of people, people's yeah. heads to a movie within a movie within a movie. An inception of This Is the End. <laughs> that would be funny. But uh, yeah, I agree. It was uh, very funny, very well done. It was a good movie. Uh, I, I think Danny McBride was definitely the standout of the movie by far. By the far, the best entrance of a character I've seen in a movie in a long time. Twice the best. Yeah, thing. I mean, <laughs> and his, ex, his first exit. He's so good. He's basically playing himself. Yeah. I mean, and everyone else. I mean, to be fair, everyone else is playing themselves, but he's just like, so good. It's like Kenny Powers yeah. in this movie, pretty much. Like exaggerated versions, I guess. So yeah, I would say it's if you haven't seen it yet, it's worth seeing. It's worth renting. It's worth. Uh, I don't know if you'd watch it with your parents, but it's yeah. very funny. I actively told my parents, do not see that movie. Yeah, my dad, those exact words were, it was funny, but it was stupid. Bees, I just wanted to kind of taunt you a little bit. I've been watching <laughs> X-Files simultaneously with Doctor Who, kind of season by season with each of them. My biggest gripe with Doctor Who, I know it's supposed to be a wacky show, but the special effects are so bad in the first two seasons. They're getting better than third. But as I go back and watch the X-Files... Some of these episodes from 1994, the special effects are better then than they are in 2007 Doctor Who. They, I know they're getting better. Oh, no, no, that's not what I was going to say. I think X-Files just kind of has a different approach. They Yeah, that was going to be my next thing. It was just overall, though, comparing the two. I think there's... Oh, uh, I think Doctor Who's a better show, but I have a lot of like personal investment in X-Files because I grew up watching it. Better in terms of what, though? Story. Like overarching story? Is, um, because right now, stories. up until the third season, it's basically just been episode by episode, and now the X Files, in the same amount of storylines, has had overlapping plots. Yeah, no, more character development. Oh, I mean, yeah, it's it's not so much character development, but it's interesting science fiction ideas, I think, in uh, in Doctor Who and in X Files. I, I mean, they're Doc- completely different. The only thing they have in common is that they're both sci-fi and it's two lead characters. And the little monster of the week. Yeah. going on. I think I prefer Doctor Who just because it's it doesn't take itself so seriously. It's kind of fun and happy. Yeah, I mean, there are some that take themselves seriously, but there's also some where they mix it up. There's some where the main characters aren't even in it. Believe me, I've gotten very choked up during several Doctor Who episodes. <laughs> not, a, not a shame to admit that. Um, Philby? Well, I was just going to say that uh, I didn't know if you guys saw that uh, New Girl is now on Netflix. <laughs> I have not watched that show. Thanks, Philby. Just, just throwing that out there. This is a contribution that Philby brings to the Doctor <laughs> Who versus X-Files conversation. On that note, Philby, we wanted to talk about the return of Breaking Bad. Are you excited for Breaking Bad? I am um, so pumped. I restarted it. Episode 1, two days ago. I'm on episode 1 of season 2 now. Does it hold up just as well? Oh, back I, I think it might it. be even better. Episode uh, Season 2 kind of takes... That's kind of the sophomore slump for me, because they... But it's not more slump for Breaking Bad is better than 99% better of all than, shows. better than, yeah, How to Live With Your Parents for the Rest of Your Life. That was a horrible show. How but, I Met Your Parents? Well, How to Met Your Mother is slumping too. But no, How to Live With Your Parents for the Rest of Your Life is... I don't re- care. Yeah, don't worry about it. Cancelled. First two episodes, they cancelled it right after that. Anyway, back to Breaking Bad. That whole plane crash thing in season two yeah. is... Spoilers. 
Well, I hope people have seen that Breaking Bad by now. Well, Beast should catch up with it. It's, I on, it's on Netflix. Catch up with Breaking Bad. I'm actually going to try. Season. I'm going to try. This is the last. It was too right. losty for me. They were trying to go too deep on that, in my mm-hmm. opinion. But I, I love the quote that the creator Vince Gilligan always uses: that they wanted to turn Mr. Chips into Scarface, which is pretty much what they've done up until now. He's, I don't. I mean, you know a little bit of the plot line, but okay. Brian Cranston is just incredible. They have great supporting cast. Uh, comes back in a few weeks, I think. I'm very excited to see it. I'm very excited to see where they take... I mean, technically, it's still the same season they left off on, but they split it in half by about half a year. Uh, okay. Just because they knew it was going to be the last season. And also because Mad Men is ending in another season, too. Hey, I, lo- I commend it. that show, Breaking Bad, for being able to walk away from a show. Lost almost to that, if, but, the, I mean, they could have only done four or five seasons instead of, what did they end on, seven or eight? I don't know. Um, but yeah, the uh, being able to walk away from a show is pretty amazing, in my opinion, just because they know it's time to end it, and there are shows that don't understand when it's time to end it, looking at you, Office. Well, they had a good final episode, which we already discussed on the previous podcast, but I mean, you're right, you're right. Speaking of shows like Breaking Bad that kind of ended on their own terms, I want to talk about, maybe, what are some other shows that are like that? I'm having trouble thinking of many. Uh, I know on the same network, Mad Men is having its last season, like I just said, which is great. And what are some other ones? The only ones I can think of is like The Wire, which ended perfectly. Uh, well, did. I mean, the last season wasn't as good, but it the, did end within the good number of seasons, though. And the final episode really did a good job of tying it up. Um, they, I know they had about a sixth season, they had an idea for one, but they couldn't make it work because they didn't. They weren't. Uh, I mean, all their characters had kind of reached their crescendo. Right. I mean, they had already come full circle on the wire. Are you talking about shows that ended on their own terms that, like, because the shows. network told them to or because they decided to end? Well, that's kind of what these shows were. We, I mean, I can't think of any shows beyond the two AMC shows that, besides Lost too. but I mean, Lost was reached its peak and was going down. I mean, they too. walked out on it. They said that oh, the producers said, "Okay, we're ending on our own terms because we can't go farther." We'll find the Concords. Well, what I'm yeah. saying that's, is that's a perfect example. They said they didn't have any more material, and the material that they were going to use wouldn't be good enough for TV. Well, so I'm they ended after two or three seasons. The Office they allowed them to end on their own terms, but they didn't necessarily want to end. Right, and more often well, than not, the saying. networks pains me to say know what they're doing in terms of at least viewership mm-hmm. and who's going to watch things. I mean now. The internet's played a bigger part, and you've seen shows come back, such as Arrested Development and Family Guy. Mm-hmm. But, for, I mean, for the most part, it's hard to find shows that really ended on their own terms. I guess, like we were saying, none of these shows have been network shows, besides maybe, like, AMC, and that doesn't even count. Mm-hmm. But a lot of these have been HBO shows where they've ended on their own terms. Did Better Off Ted, was that the one that they canceled and then there was such an uproar that they came back, or was that... I'm not sure. It, it might have been... Um, no, not no, Dexter. Not Dexter. It was Your show Happy Endings almost did that until now it's just met its Happy death. Endings is gone. Wait, there was an That's uproar? not a happy ending. There was an uproar over Better Off Ted? I yeah, I don't know so. if you're... Are you sure? I have not seen that show. I thought so. I thought there was a huge female following that was just like, you have to let this show go on, and they just did not. Philly, I think the show you're thinking of is Chuck, after some discuss- after some pause and discussion... <laughs> Yeah. Better Off Ted was about just like a random guy who I don't think had a very big female following at all. Oh, it was Chuck. Yeah, Chuck. That was my yeah, bad. Chuck is the show you're thinking of. Maybe Veronica Mars for the movie that it's doing too. Right. Yeah. That but 
Definitely not better off Ted. Definitely not that better was... off Ted. But the, the font that they use for the title frame is the same. That's what confused me. He's easily confused. <laughs> well, at least you know when the new girl's coming back. I know. Thank goodness. Well, it's on Netflix. I've had a huge musical month of June. Uh, I saw The Dawes, which was awesome. And you all missed seeing them live, and it's a bummer for you, but definitely get their CDs. Wait, 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 what is the band's name again? The Dawes. How do you spell? D-A-W-E-S. Huh. Yeah, pretty damn good. Um, they're up and coming, for sure. They, it was the biggest crowd they played for, Mr. Smalls, and it was pretty sweet. And then I also joined, I am now a member of No Shoes Nation. I saw the Kenny Chesney concert. Good for you. Which was a lot of fun. Uh, Eric Church, though, who opened for him. If you like rock and roll and you don't really like country, but you want to try listening to a little bit of country, Eric Church is for you because he's got a lot of rocky, like a lot of rockish country songs. And I like them. Let me ask, how long did you spend drinking apple juice and Pepsi before the Kenny Chesney concert? I didn't. That we just made walked it so in. good. We just walked in yeah. and hung out. Yep. And Corona was one of the main sponsors of the uh, concert, so they were selling Corona at Heinz Field. Uh, we had some pretty big Yinzers sit right in front of us who I think got kicked out for underage drinking because one of them came back with a lemonade one time and said, and both his friends were like, oh, you get carded? So I think uh, I think they were Did underage. you make a citizen's arrest? I made a citizen's arrest and uh, them in, uh, threw them in detention. Anyway, um, and then I saw Chelsea Summers open up for ZZ Ward. Which ZZ Ward song kind of sounded the same to me. I wish they were a little bit different. Um, but Chelsea Summers was awesome for opening for her. She's only 17. She's got a great stage presence. And that was my f- concerts I went to. I also downloaded the new Lonely Island CD. And if you've been a fan of theirs in the past, this CD, you know, like the first CD, there were three weak songs and eight really good songs and then the second CD there were seven good songs and four kind of weak songs this CD there are five good songs and six kind of weak songs so um, but I've heard like that uh, they had that article on BuzzFeed about how they should be taken seriously as rappers because they're, look at the people they performed with, look at the hit yeah. singles they've had on YouTube. Oh, and I heard a, a, an interview by them uh, of them on NPR, and they listened to rap growing up. Like they listened to so much rap, their moms know rap artists and are able to say, "Oh, is this Kid Cudi?" or "Oh, is this so and so?" and "Oh, is this my mom's so-and-so? like that." Oh, your mom's like no, that. No, I'm just kidding. Your mom's pretty cool. <laughs> All right. Um, but semicolon song, hilarious. Spell it out song, hilarious. YOLO and Spring Break were both digital shorts they did. Those were both funny. I especially liked YOLO for the kind of doomsday prepper tone it had. (laughs) Um, but it'd be worth checking out some of their songs on there, but I give it a Phil B- overall. Classic. Uh, speaking of weak and strong songs, do you find... This is something that happens to me. That my long-term favorite songs are ones I didn't care for at first, and I just happen to keep hearing them on an album again and again and again until I realize that they're actually really good. Does that happen to you? Yeah, I, I, yeah. I first the CD I listened, and this is particular to Lonely Island. It continues the conversation of Lonely Island. 
I listened to the CD and thought the whole thing was kind of crap, but then I listened to it over and over again and got enjoyed more of the songs more often. Um, none of them are songs I'm on a boat, but they I like. I'd take a listen to them. I mean, that's an interesting point you bring up because that was the music that I was going to talk about and that most people have talked about or a little even late on this. But uh, as Kanye West's new album, Yeezus, uh, Jesus with a Y, as in Kanye West himself is Jesus. Uh, if you listen to his music, I mean, you kind of get it. You know that, yeah, it's him boasting and it's blasphemy and that he's just kind of a douche in real life. But his music is just great, and it's the same thing with his album. It's He didn't release any singles, he's not going to release any singles, and yet it's going to outsell everything. As a record, it's really good. A lot of people have compared his albums, as ridiculous as it sounds, it makes sense that they've compared his album and his charts to kind of Radiohead's discography, where he started out kind of as uh, an unknown artist, and now each different album has represented something different a different kind of theme to where now it's like experimental songs, him kind of revolutionizing his industry. And I, I think that's all true. It's really great as much as it pains me to say it because I hate him as an individual. <laughs> but his music is really great. If you have a chance, go out. I don't know, pirate it. He has enough money. You can download it. I, I don't condone it, but you can go ahead and do that. You can go ahead and download it. Give him the money anyways. Uh, new Papa Kanye West. I was going to say, he's got a new baby, North. He does. Uh... <laughs> The music's really great, though. Highly recommend it. I would say I like that he released it as an album. I think that's something we're maybe losing, the idea of an album as itself a work. Oh, definitely. I mean, that's why I enjoy it. That's why I like Radiohead so much. I mean, if anyone knows me, they know I like Radiohead. But because they make records as a whole, Mm -hmm. as a theme, rather than just hit singles. And I think what's interesting about Kanye West up until this album is that he did both, where he'd have Mm -hmm. hit singles, you know, with Jay-Z or whoever else, but you'd also have albums as a whole, like My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. Anyway, in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. So I think that's something to really be commended in the music industry. So those are our recommendations. Bees, do you have any recommendations listening to anything in particular? No, I, I don't really listen to new music. I'm still listening to the same band I, li- I mentioned last time. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know music. That's perfectly okay. You, you listed a bunch of bands there. You said ZZ Ward, and I thought, ZZ Top? <laughs> Well, that shows your musical yeah. knowledge. I don't know the music, though, to be fair. If any of you listeners have any opinions that fit within 140 characters about any of the music we just talked about or any of the movies we talked about, World War Z, Man of Steel, This is the End, uh, certainly tweet us at the Bendy Philby Show, B-E-N-D-P-H-I-L-B Show. Uh, we promise we'll respond, or you'll get 20% off your order of $100 or more. As always, uh, please spread the word and keep it sleazy. They say disarm the settlers. And thank you for listening. We could have been somebody. Said you had to tell somebody. Let's take it back to the first party. When you tried your first mileage.